The Biscuit is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Tim Miner. And I'm Matt Olin. And we are just minutes away from Winston Robinson absolutely straight up slaying it at Divine Barrel Brewing for our March meeting of Creative Morning Charlotte. So this is the Creative Mornings Rewind batch of the biscuit. Uh, the jets from today are still warm, but they are off. So we're we're kind of coming down, we're coming down, bringing the room down, Matt. Um you know, as for Winston and who he is and his accolades, you can read about that in the show notes. Um, I was talking to a friend of yours from college after your talk today and after the event was over. And, you know, we agreed that in the course of life, we bump up against a lot of people. Some leave a very small impression. Some leave none. Some you kind of say, oh, I hope I see that person again. Um, for you, you're one of those people that has a presence that meeting you you are immediately ready for the next encounter. You know that you've met someone who will bring substance and intelligence and interest into your life. You command that space. I know I can see you shaking your head and you hate hearing this, but you're going to hear it from the minute that Matt and I met you. It just, we knew we had to work with you. Absolutely. Keep up with you, watch you. And, and it's been our pleasure to share you with um, audiences that don't that don't know you a couple of times, and every time I come away knowing that I'm a better person for having known you. Yeah, and wow. so today was an absolute treat to be able to put you up in front of that audience. Man, I, I, oh, this blows my mind because again, just everything that Charlotte needs, I appreciate and value everything that you bring to this scene. Well, I, you know, I think uh, that's very nice. And by the way, when you talk about who Tim Miner and Matt Olin are, there are two dudes who couldn't get more than four dates collectively in college. <laughs> the truth hurts. The truth hurts. And I yeah. think three of them went to you. Yeah. <laughs> your, your memory is false. Um, but at any rate, I, I think uh, the way that we say it is uh, we, we haven't, we've said this to many people, we haven't created or done anything. Every, all this was here. Oh, yeah. It just needed to be teased uh, out nope. and given a space. Nope. We're going to start off. We're going to kick the, get the adrenaline flowing let's, again let's, let's with a quiz. Way. All right, here oh. we go. This is a quiz about, wait, can I say this? Yeah. Uh, I have to brag. I am a former winner of the queen city quiz. Show. Yes, you, you are, are indeed. I knew uh, Matt and Tim, you know, beasted that. So <laughs> I, I look forward <laughs> to doing the same here. I, I have high <laughs> expectations. <laughs> all right. So this is, you are a unicorn. You are a, native charlatan so we're going to ask you questions about famous charlatans not all of them were born here but many of them really have a huge presence so here we go question number one harvey gant was the first black mayor of charlotte he was also the first black student admitted to what university a nc state b clemson or c chapel hill well that answer is Clemson University. Boom. You got it. Well, I was going to expound, but yeah, no, so no, I know no, you are. Go, go. go. Where he uh, majored in architectural sciences. However, he brief, if I'm not mistaken, he briefly thought about the idea of trans- transferring to Howard because they have such a stellar nurturing program for architectural sciences for black students. Beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. I think what's important to note too is this was not in some uh, era where 
uh, woke people at the university <laughs> were like, you know what? It's time to admit a black student. No, he had to take not. them to court. It to was do a court it. order Absolutely. admission. Yeah. And the, the thing that we, we may forget is after the statement, you still have to be a student. Yeah, so you, know, you right. still need nurturing. You still need support. You still need to learn. So, you know, after he realized like, yeah, all right, this is a bit tougher or a bit more challenging than I expect I ever expected. You know, it might be time to kind of get out of here. However, stuck it through and became one of the more successful architects in the nation. So yeah, hats amazing. Off, hats off. All right. So here we go. Question number two. Yes. Who was Charlatan Charles Duke? A, the youngest person to walk on the moon. B, the youngest person to receive a gold medal in badminton, or C, the youngest person to be named CEO of Duke's Mayonnaise. Ah, surprisingly, I, I was waiting for the Duke Energy kind of comparison. <laughs> so, but he was the youngest person to walk on the moon. Ah! Yes, Winston. Do you know how often that question is answered incorrectly? <laughs> really? Yep. He was part of Apollo 16. Yeah. Spoken uh, like a like a true wow. unicorn. All right. Like a two for unicorn. two. Two for two. This is the man. This is the man that you go to. He's got the hot hand. <laughs> All right. I think you got this. Why is Charlatan Jonathan Lindell Kirk famous? A, he's the famous musician who goes by the name, stage name Anthony Hamilton. B, he's a famous rapper who goes by the stage name DaBaby. Or C, he claims to be the great, 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 great grandfather of Captain James T. Kirk. Ah, uh, wow. You know, the great grandfather? Jonathan Lindell Kirk. Wait, was Captain Kirk's grandfather also a captain as well if i'm not mistaken on star trek uh, oh, no i don't believe that he was his father was right he's from a lineage of, of starfleet captain yeah. really right yeah. well anyway jonathan kirk is uh butler's most famous alumni and he is known as grammy nominated rapper the baby the baby is correct three for three all right yes. here we go wow you're on a roll dude <laughs> Twinson. Right. jim rash jim has rash. made a smash what has he done with his life? A, he played Dean Pelton on the show Community. B, he's a saxophonist in the Avid Brothers. Or C, he founded an ointment company that was bought by Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop. Wow. Jim Rash. Jim Rash. Oh, well, this is the one I'm phoning in a friend. I'm just going to go with A. I don't even remember what A was, but... Uh, Again, bullshit counts. A is the correct a answer. Right. He yes. played Dean, Dean Pelton on unicorn Community. unicorn magic yes. guy. Last one. Let's, let's close this out, all right? 100%. Here you may go. not know her name, but I promise you that you know her voice. Well, I don't know that I promise you, but you may know her voice. Which animated character did Charlotte and Melendi Britt give voice to was it a she-ra princess of power b natasha fatal from rocky and bullwinkle or c she's the voice of the atlantis airport sky train because i'm trying to i don't know why i hear every subway voice well, just remember i said somewhat british it's an animated character yes so, so i just gave you a hint three. Yeah, it eliminates three however bullwinkle uh, I natasha fatal or she-ra princess of power he-man's cousin i'm, I'm gonna go with yeah she-ra yeah Five, four, five for five. five. Whoa. The pressure. This is going to be a hell of a oh, podcast, yeah. man. Wait, do, I, do I get to go to Fuel Pizza now? <laughs> <laughs> I think we can get you in Brick Pizza. Bricks? Is it Bricks? Oh. Yeah. I got, sway, I got Sway over there, man. I got nothing in Fuel Pizza. I'm sorry. I dropped the ball <laughs> on the sponsorship. I'm so sorry. Oh. It's, it's oh. more of an affinity. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get the, the, the brainsicles are fired up again, right? So let's dive in and have a few more deeper dive conversations with you, Winston, about, um, about this morning and your messages, messages this morning. Um, 
First of all, I just have to say the energy that you brought into the room when you stepped on that stage was really unlike anything I've seen. And we've done 53 mm. events so far and it was a one of a kind moment. You threw down the gauntlet. I mean, the place <laughs> it, it exploded. And so I'm just curious, like what, what did it feel like for you to speak in front of that, um, that crowd today? It was literally, I don't know how familiar you are with Nollywood, but they will in Nigeria rip off mainstream movies and just create an all Nigerian cast. So it was like the Nollywood version of eight mile. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's a picture. Right? I'm, I'm, like, with you. I'm hanging with you. It's, you know, it's a, um, I'm literally be rabbit, uh, palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. Uh, going in front, I see a sea of white faces and I know I'm going out here to the dirtiest of trap music ever recorded. So I was, very nervous. However, when I stepped out, the moment that beat dropped and everyone was so welcoming and just, they were all just smiling and their faces lit up. I was like, oh, I'm at home. You know, it's really, yeah. you know, these aren't people who are, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. All I'm missing is a toboggan and a black eye. So, <laughs> yes, that Here is we it. We'll get you. Oh, yes, I am you hopping ready? out of a Chrysler right now, ready to go. <laughs> yes. All right, you ready to take this podcast out now? I am. He's swaying one back shot. and forth. I got to do it. <laughs> this is the biscuit. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. We've indulged that yeah. enough. Well, yeah, I'm having to hype myself up and psych myself <laughs> out. Just, you know, to go out there and attack. So I think I accomplished that. Uh, I saw did. a lot of smiling faces. I saw a lot of energetic people. So they were up. They were half of them were up out of their chairs. That was, yeah, I mean, was it wasn't just smiling. They were up, and yeah. and it takes a special magnetic person to be able to 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 have that impact in a crowd. And and so it was a sight to behold. Thank you for, uh, for wow. bringing that energy this morning. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I mean, you know, you're on the stage, but the stage is kind of like that's an iceberg moment, right? I mean, people see the. 20 minutes that you put together, they don't see all the prep, all the thought, you know, driving around, thinking about it, walking around. So tell us about your take. Today's word was identity, which was um, the the creative morning chapter in, in Jakarta uh, actually selected that word. What, what did you want to convey? Shout out to Indonesia. Uh, my yeah. wife and I were supposed to visit Jakarta. We had, we found flights for 400 bucks. To Jakarta. Wow. Man, that was a steal. Yeah. Was this recently? No. This is when, uh, well, we got it before she was pregnant. Yeah. She got, got pregnant. No well, no, th this was a time when Zika was a thing. You know, mm -hmm. So we had to cancel. Yeah. And I, so I'm still waiting to go to Jakarta. So shout out to them. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yes. Well, tell me. The question was, uh, you know, what did you want to convey when you had that? Because when we talked, you know, the only rule that we really give is that you share your truth and that, that that 15 to 20 minutes, that time is yours to say what you want So in the way that you want. The thing, like what I will share here is that presentation was maybe a week old. Mm -hmm. When you guys told me that I had the opportunity to be a speaker, you know, you do what you're accustomed to doing. I had an entire presentation that was essentially bullshit. Can I? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all I, good. I've already oh sworn God. three times. It's oh, all good. Okay. Oh, my heart dropped. There, <laughs> Winston, <laughs> to to do a podcast with me is to know there is no way I'm getting through a podcast without. <laughs> 
without swearing multiple times. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I, I felt that, you know, it was, it was BS. And, uh, I, I, at the 25th hour, I had another presentation essentially memorized. You know, I just cannot do it. Mm-hmm. I thought that this was a moment to literally be me because again, there are opportunities and situations in life where black people have feel like they have to code switch for certain groups of people. And I was like, you know, I'm tired of this. It weighs too much. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be me. And hopefully they'll, you know, accept what I have to bring. Yeah. So, yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm doing me. That's why I had to read from clipboard. I think that that was, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that like within the first minute of your talk and for people in the audience, I think there, when you throw out a word like code switch, there were, there were people that in the front, especially who really got what you were saying because they've lived it. And there were people in the middle and the back that that might've been a new word, or they maybe didn't realize that uh, particularly black people oftentimes feel in mixed environments. They, they've got to tone it down or be themselves. You have to adjust. They have to, to be a gradient of themselves. Yours, you have to adjust to what you believe whiteness is, mm-hmm. you know, even like, again, the most liberal settings, even, with friends and Aisha Tyler or any movie you can think of, mm-hmm. when you think of diversity, it's always accepting a non-white person in a white space mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, hey, you come to this side of town. You mm-hmm. Have fun with us too. You know, it's, so I, it, it, it's a tough life. And I know like that's what the goal of America is to eventually ascend to whiteness. You know, every immigrant come who who comes here, that that's the ideal goal to ascend away. Had you come here in 1920 and you were Irish, you were not white. Had you come here in 1930 and you were Italian, you were not white. Had you come here in 1940 and you were Polish, you were not white. Had you come here in 1950 and you were Jewish, you were not white. If you go to South Florida right now, you're a, a shade of Cuban, you are kind of transitioning into whiteness. So I know that's the goal of America and black people too. So when you see black people code switch, they're essentially trying to ascend to that place of whiteness. However, the thing about America is that's the trick. Like you have to have a bottom and that's what black people represent. That's why when you hear give us your poor, your tired, your huddled masses. America will build your confidence. You can come from nothing because there will always be a bottom in which you can, you can ascend. Like you see those black people, you will always be better than them. And that's just how America nurtures, nurtures itself to become a great country because we're at the bottom and we're that standard of, you know, where you can arise from. And, 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 uh, it, and that's why it's like, yeah, look, now that I, yeah, I realized this, I was like, what are you code switching for anyway? You will never be what you think you're aspiring to become. Mm. So, you know, yeah, no, that's a tough conversation for the business. No, it's, yeah, just be you, man. Just be you in all situations. You shouldn't be versions of yourself. Well, now, am I like, if you invite me to your, meet your grandma, am I turning up? No. <laughs> now there are, if you meet my grandma, you need oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, it's, 
it's not being aware of your surroundings, but just having to be a shell of yourself. You can have adjustments. You can have places where you're more courteous or more respectful, but still is an authentic version of you. I'm just saying be that. Yeah. Well, and that's what you did this morning. You modeled that for, for the room, you know, this idea of coming out and being yourself and look at the reception you got. I mean, it was just so beautiful. You know, part of being you as well is that you are a native Charlottean. You're yes. Charlotte, you're a unicorn here yeah. in, in Charlotte, Charlotte town. So, which I don't uh, understand. Yeah, I know. Like, this right. It's a boom town. Like, why wouldn't you, if Charlotte right now, again, is a boom town. And if you're from here and able to kind of navigate those back streets and just maneuver the way newer people can't, why wouldn't you want to come back to live? Anyway, I know, right? I, I feel the I, same I way. I think that's a, you know, that's going to die out. I mean, because my they, now we see people that are really like my kids are from Charlotte and I think they're I hope that they're going to stay in Charlotte. So I think you can have more. It's just a matter of starting small and blowing up. And there were f- just fewer people that were actually born here. I don't know if it's so much people leaving. It just started from a smaller pool, perhaps. I don't How know. old is your oldest? She's just about to turn 17. And so we're, we're thinking about college. Is, oh, yeah. Is she going to Chapel Hill as well? No, I, I think she's uh, she really wants to go to ECU. ECU. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you feel like she's going to come back to Charlotte? So he, so this is, and, and we're going to move on, but the part of the reason that Matt and I have done this, the big secret is... Um, you can you can do three things, I guess, when you live in a city, right? One is to just get used to the way things are. That sucks. We're not doing that. You can move. I ain't doing that. Or you can terraform it like Mars, you know, and give it a breathable atmosphere and make it a city that you think it ought to be. And that's that's what we're trying to do is trying to, in our small way, affect the community so that it becomes what we think it can be. And in the end, the insidious plan is that Matt has a daughter. I have two daughters. We want Charlotte to at least be in the running. You know, like if, if they choose to move, that's on them. But I want it to be a city that, that has opportunity, that has what, you're, what, they're, what they're looking for, which is they, they don't want same, same, same. They want a cool place to, to live. And they, and they want it to be a place. I mean, my daughter has told me she wants it to be a place where people feel, everybody feels welcome to live here. And so that's kind of at the yeah. end of the day, when we, when we do what we do, it's selfishly to make it a community where at least our daughters would like to live. Well, Winston, I'm curious, like, what does it mean when you tell people you're a charlatan, like you're a Charlotte native, what does that mean for you? If you were to put that into words? That's pride, man. I mean, uh, my nickname is Wilmo. And that is because I'm from Wilmo. That was my existence. That, That was all I knew. And when I went to college and when people well, and I went to a state school. So when you go to a state school, you found about every nook and cranny of the state counties and cities and towns you've never mm-hmm. heard of. Actually, when I remember going to Winston-Salem State, when people would tell me they are from Greenville, I thought they meant South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, so when people ask me where I'm from, I would say Wilmore. Because that's what I would do in Charlotte. We would catch the city bus to East Lamal and meet girls. Hey, where y'all from? I'm from Wilmore. Mm-hmm. So that was, when you asked me where I'm from, it was natural for me to say Wilmore. So Charlotte is all I know. This is, I, I covet this city. This is this is my heart. And I, I take pride in what it is. And I want to, like you, make it better for so many people. Well, I love that. And I love that connection to the past too. I have no doubt that the three of us passed each other in Eastland Mall one day, you know, heading to the ice skating rink, heading to Babbage's, whatever it was, heading to Jeans West. I don't know what, what where I was shopping at the time, but uh, but we, we were all definitely at Eastland Mall at the same time. I tell people all the, the time. 80s or 90s. I tell people that all the time, they're like, you know, well, what was it like growing up here? I said, you know, I used to 
drive all once I got my license, I drive to all over the city. And they're like, why would you go there? I'm like, cause there were like three malls and four libraries. Like you had to drive <laughs> around. Like no matter where you live, South Charlotte, whatever, there just wasn't a lot of stuff. Yeah, so like yeah, you, had, you had to interact with everybody. Absolutely. Cause like the library was there yeah. and you know, there were two malls. I mean, it's, you know, it, you had your pick. You could either go to South Park, or you could go which to kind of sucked. By the way, there was a and Eastland, which was wicked awesome. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, Eastland was where it was at. That yeah. was where it was at. So, yeah, super shout out to the marketing team at South Park, because they just leveled up. Yeah. For it to be what it is today, back from South Park in the 80s, yeah. with yeah. like Hovon Gourmet. And- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, look at you. Like, yeah. you just leveled up. <laughs> My Lord, who is this new? This is like if you go, go to your high school reunion, you're like, wow. Whoa, wow, what happened whoa. to you? I, I shoved that guy in a trash can. Now he owns his own gynecolog- gynecological uh, practice. A Gucci store. Okay, I'm going to change that. <laughs> I was going to say, that's quite a thing to... I don't know why that came up. That's where his brain I, I live with three women. These kinds of issues are always in my head. Anyway, I love that. Well, so uh, to that point, how have you, you know, we just talked about the Charlotte that was or that we grew up in. How have you seen Charlotte change over the years? And what are some things that are are challenging and some things that are encouraging about what you've seen? So, again, it's, you know, the the everybody wants growth. Everybody wants development. However, just being an eyewitness to the side effects of those things, which are. This, which are depl- displacement, um, just and one thing. Well, I'm, I'm gonna stop at displacement to say this. One thing that I've always loathed about Charlotte, loathed as the anyway, about Charlotte is just the disregard for its history. Charlotte will knock a building mm-hmm. down in a second for something new, and it just uh, to see a piece of history or something that you're connected to, just you know. There's no regard for it to throw up a high rise apartment complex. It is just it's it's so disheartening to see some things. Although I will say, with all the all the buildings that have been knocked down in uptown, that the Mecklenburg Investment Company building, that that's one of the only built, you know, historic buildings that's still standing down there. That's it. That's at least one bright spot. Until when, you know. So it's Mm. yeah. I'm gonna tell you, there was on the corner of I think Central Avenue and Hawthorne. Maybe a hundred and fifty year old church. Yeah, I remember it was, I'm, it was like, beautiful. Wow. wow, and that's you know, and that's what's so scary to me. Again, being a Charlotte native from the southwest side, I know the Excelsior is gone, and it's so much history linked to that building. And they'll tell you, and I guess the thing is about the Excelsior. I want them to just tell me straight out. The owners will tell you that, yeah, uh, yeah, it can't be saved. This building's far too old. It's, you know, it's, it's just, it has to be demolished. However, I've been to Williamsburg. I've been to Charleston. I've, I've been to Pompeii. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, they just found housing for enslaved people in Harrisburg, and they're going to restore it. So, I mean, t- to tell me that this building is beyond repair, just tell me you don't want to invest the money. I, I will much... I would better respect that than just saying it it has no hope. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't want to spend the money, that's one thing, but don't just, don't yeah. just lie to my face. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what the big thing that you're, one of the big things you lament about our, our place that we call home here is this, you know, willingness to knock down history or to 
not being will- willing to invest in keeping that history there because it might cost a little more, right? Mm-hmm. This adaptive reuse costs more, but it's worth it, I think, in the long run, right? Absolutely. Uh, so we we share that lament. Yeah. We do. And there's so much history here. And people don't even realize it because, again, so much. we don't have a place where we cherish our history. I travel for work for my occupation, and Charlotte is the largest city east of the Mississippi that has no form of African-American history museum. Mm -hmm. We have the Gantt Center, which is for art and culture, and that deserves its own space, but it's so much history here that even the the deepest of Charlotteans don't even realize. Mm -hmm. Little things like, uh, and that's why I wanted to move to my neighborhood now, which is McCrory Heights. Uh, how how we doing on time? I don't want to. Okay, so the reason I wanted to move to McCrory Heights is uh, my wife and I, when we had our son, I, as much as I, because I, I love history, and as much as I revere the Malcolms, the Martins, the Garveys, there's a guy who I share a backyard with. The, the home is owned by the Weish family, Thomas Weish. Thomas Weish was the first attorney hired by the NAACP. He was uh, good friends with Charlie Sifford and Ray Beckton. Those were the first two black men to earn a PGA Tour card. So they, you know, they golf. So they wanted to do what golfers do. And they went to Revolution Golf Course Mm -hmm. to shoot a few rounds and they were denied. Mm -hmm. So, all right, cool. Thomas Weiss being an attorney, he fabricated one of the first uh, desegregation cases right here in Charlotte, uh, you know, for Revolution. Mm-hmm. To now, it took seven years to make a ruling on that case, in which he won. But while they were building the case, Thomas Weiss, who was in a an alumni alumnus of uh, Howard University's law school, he would have his friends come down to kind of help him, you know, build this case and just strategize. And one of those homeboys was Thurgood Marshall, mm. and he essentially took the notes from that case to build Brown versus board of education. Amazing. So the reason I was able to go to Myers park high pretty much happened from my backyard. Wow. You know, those things matter. People don't Martin Excelsior again. And I don't want to just keep running on, but uh, Reginald Hawkins, first black man to run from go- the uh, governor of North Carolina. He lived a few streets over during his campaign. He uh, had a, uh, well, uh, an event gathering. One of the people who were supposed to be in attendance was Martin Luther King. And Martin Luther King got uh, uh, a telegram at the 25th hour, said, I have to be in Memphis. And that's where he got shot. Mm -hmm. So he was supposed to be in Charlotte, in McCrory Heights. Instead, he got called to Memphis. Wow. Just little things like that, that a lot of people who are from here would never have any idea. Yeah. And I imagine you've learned most of that orally. I mean, just yes, talk and yes, just people yes, telling yeah, stories. Yeah, it's right. There's no museum. There's no book. There's that's nothing. really writing that there's down. Nothing. It's nothing. Well, you know, I want everyone to watch the uh, video of your talk today as well. And this podcast is really kind of meant to be a companion uh, experience to, to watching that video. If you didn't have the honor of being in the room to see you this morning. And then we did have a long wait list this morning. Super long. So, um, but just tell us a little bit more about a vibe called Fresh. You know, t- tell us what it is, what it has done, and what's next for yeah, it. Yeah, so it's, it's simple. It's, it's simple. That's the thing. It's not a complicated thing. It's not, you know, like, it's a it's a, it's a cookout. That's what it came from. It's the big-ass cookout. It's a big-ass yep. cookout. So uh, we had a cookout for 10 years. It was amazing. 
and we grew up and wanted to do something more impactful. So we used the same formula. We're going to feed people for free and play really good music and have a great time. We know that attracts people. So while you're here, we're going to give you these nuggets of information that you might not even realize you could use. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what a vibe called fresh. And there's no pressure. We're not selling you anything. But hey, this is the importance of home ownership. This is what it does. This is why you should consider it. This is who should consider it. These are ways to acquire it. It's up to you what to how you use the this information. Yeah. I think one of the things in the in the talks that we've had, Winston, that that I've thought about is so often um when we talk about uh, wealth or capital, um, it's a financial it's a financial conversation. And clearly in um uh, disenfranchised communities across the United States, there is a financial, a wealth gap financially. But what a vibe called fresh has woken me up to is the fact that there's knowledge and experience is another extraordinarily powerful form of currency. I know how to buy. I didn't I, buying my first home was scary, but not terrifying. And I had a model because my dad was with me when I, you know, he went over the paperwork with me because he had that experience. And what we've talked about is your, a parent can't help with an experience that they don't have. You don't know what you don't and, know. And that, and that knowledge, it's not only a financial gap, but it's a knowledge gap that you're trying to bridge. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the, you know, that's, that's, that, that's the thing. Like it's, it's hard picking up the pieces from such a long history of just being, disenfranchised, oppressed, and there's there's things that we're trying to just stop and help someone find their way from where they are. And it's like... Or even open their eyes, right? I mean, because if you take your friend that you used as an example in your talk, he was an intelligent, successful man. But he he had a limited vision based on what had been presented to him throughout his life. Yeah, and that's that's really kind of what I wanted to convey, that... When we think of people who need help, we have an idea of what that person kind of lives like or looks like. But no, this is a guy who was successful. He thought he had all the answers figured out. People looked at him. He was confident. However, there is a faction of his life that he didn't realize what he was missing because he was never taught it. You know, and and it, more than anything at a vibe called Fresh, I want black people to realize that they're fine. They're They're people. Like these aren't things that, are your fault. These are things that are being done to you. And it's really, really easy to feel inadequate as a black person just growing up because of things that have been systemically burdened on you. You know, and if you can leave a vibe called fresh, like, oh, okay, that's why this community looks this way. That's why crime is this. That's why, oh, I was steered and driven here because I had no other option. Ah, you know, like if an alien came to earth in a thousand years or 10,000 years after all mankind is gone. And he was able to just piece together policies and just to see all of the, the, the things that happened in America to people. He was like, oh, okay, I see why black people wear where mm-hmm. they are. You know, I, I, I get it. It's, it's easily traceable. It's easy to see. So I don't want black people to not feel capable or confident or inadequate or insecure because Things are happening to us, not anything that you are born being, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, we were just so thrilled. You, when you did the first um, Five Call Fresh, you invited us out. We came out to Camp North End. I still um, want you to come back. It was again. If you go to a party at the beginning, it's not going to be. Yeah. I still want you to come like prime. Oh, we're time. we're 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 on, man. We're 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 there <laughs> for sure. It. But awesome. I could even even those early, that early iteration of it, you could feel the energy there. You could feel it, and we we saw the vision that you were bringing to to life, that you were manifesting out there. And and you, so you it's can, exciting to to watch you oh, just man, keep growing great. it. Thank you. If you can convince Damon and Varian easily, and then you get the coup de grace, which is. Daryl Gaston had a, had a table. <laughs> You're on to something, brother. So how, how can people find out more about um, you, Five Called Fresh, and your nonprofit, the Applesauce Group? So you can, of course, social media is the way of the world. Uh, Applesauce Group, at Applesauce Group, on all social media platforms. Uh, at A Vibe Called Fresh, C-L-T. Mm. At A Vibe Called Fresh, C-L-T, on all social media platforms. Start from there, we'll, you know. Yep. Get out there, follow, like, whatever you need to do yeah. because the, the work you're doing is vital and it's And we it's won't overwhelm exciting. you. We won't overburden you with posts. We only post when it's necessary and they're entertaining. So those it, it are good pages to follow. We always end our podcast episodes with the same question for our guest. And so we're going to pose the same question to you. Winston Robinson, what advice do you have for Charlotte? Uh, what advice do I have for Charlotte? Uh, treat everybody right. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. advice? Or, yeah, I think that's, that's I mean, great advice. <laughs> honestly, that's what all advice should boil down to okay. at the yeah, end of the day. If you, do, if you follow that rule and we can, we can start preaching fire here right. in a second. Uh, but you follow that rule. You're good. All right. I'm going to just keep it simple. Let's treat everybody right. All right. Well, I, I I'm going to close this out and just say, um, I told you earlier, this is, this is just like Christmas morning. I've been looking forward to this, this day for a long time. And, uh, and now we're going to let Marshall Mathers take us out. Arms are heavy. Yes. <laughs> Mom's spaghetti. Oh, my God. I want you to put your tux back on. That's what I want. Uh, Winston. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. This is a lot of fun, man. Again, everything you bring to the city is priceless. Well, we love I hope you. you. Stay around, man, for a long time. We love you. This Same. is just the beginning. We're, we're going to get in a lot of trouble together over the years. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. All right. What is your creative identity? It's just funny. Like, I, I think one of the things that I really love doing is showcasing other people. And that's why I do the Branding BFF podcast and the Triple Threat panel, because it helps showcase other people. So it's both, I'm a creative myself, but then also highlighting others. There, So creativity shows up in all different sorts of ways. It's not just painting, it's not just photography, but maybe it's how you solve a problem. Or maybe it's how you find a solution to something. Or maybe it's just how you're able to organize your day so that you can get through it all. Yeah. So with that in mind, how do you express your creative identity? Uh, my creativity manifests uh, through woodworking. I like to build stuff out of wood and refinish furniture. So I'm Adam Durbage, and I work for Engage to Excel, but the creativity side, the woodworking, is just on my own. A lot of fun. Tell me about the woodworking. How long have you been doing it? What's your focus? So I've been woodworking for about two, three years, and I got started through Central Piedmont Community College. I decided that I wanted to figure out how to do it, but get some good instruction because I could have burned through a lot of money and materials uh, trying to sort it out myself. So 
went to CPCC, did the introductory course, and I've, I keep taking the class. The instructor, he really helps me figure things out. So I built a uh, headboard, some tables. I'm currently working on some floating nightstands. Yeah. Where can we find your work? At, uh, at Xanatos9417 on, on the gram and the tweets. My creative identity is definitely fashion and how I express myself with my clothes and what I wear. Uh, well, I don't work in fashion yet, but I do sell clothes on Poshmark and eBay sometimes. <laughs> and um, my name is Briella Nelson. Why is fashion such a great vehicle for expression for you? I mean, it's the first thing people see when, you know, they see you see your face and then they look at your outfit. You know, they look at your accessories and how you put everything together and it really can show what you're all about. Fantastic. Thanks so much. You, sir. My creativity is through food. My name is Shelton Starks, and I have a pop-up series, hip-hop pop-up series called Serving the Culture, where we concentrate on hip-hop, but we uh, bring elevated cuisine and a fun time and a good time for everybody. Okay, so at these dinners, tell me about one of these dinners. If I was to sign up for one, what would that be like? The dinner would be uh, a fantastic event where you come in and you're sitting at a community table and everybody's going to have fun. We have 10 courses six cocktails coming out, a live DJ, we have trivia, and we also have a host, actually hosted by the person who just uh, um, had the event, Big Wilmo. Winston Robinson. Winston Robinson, right. So um, we have a good time. And how does the hip-hop inspiration come into these dinners? So this time we're doing Missy. The first one we did was Wu-Tang. The second one we did was Outkast. And we pushed the chefs to um, create dishes that are inspired either by a song or a member of the group. And where can I go sign up for one of these or for one of one of these dinners? Follow us at Serving the Culture S E S E R V I N T H E Culture at um, that's on Instagram, or you can follow me C L T Geechee on Instagram as well. Fantastic! Thank you all so much. Thanks again to Ernest Winston for speaking with us, and of course, thank you, the listener, for tuning into the Biscuit Podcast. That's all the time we have for today's episode of The Biscuit. Remember to subscribe to The Biscuit Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review so that other creative charlatans can hear about us, or better yet, just tell your friends to listen. Call or text us at 704-835-0193 and leave us a 30-second message with your questions about creativity in the Queen City. We'll use the best messages on a future episode of The Biscuit CLT Podcast. Finally, get the scoop on Charlotte's creative scene delivered straight to your inbox every week by subscribing to the Biscuit email newsletter. Do that now at BiscuitCLT.com. The Biscuit Podcast is produced by Tim Miner, Matt Olin, and Andy Goh. Music by Harvey Cummings.